Rusty Quill presents. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Tonight's broadcast brought to you by Minerva's Sad Onion Peeler Solution. Need a good cry? Bottled it all up but just can't let the tears flow? Let Minerva's Sad Onion Peeler Solution release those weeping waterworks. Minerva's Sad Onion Peeler Solution is specially designed to make you cry by carefully torturing the onions so they release the most tear-jerker juice possible. And it also pokes your eyeballs as you turn the trusted tumbler. Those onion vapors really light up the lacrimation. There, there. Let it all out. Let it all out. It will all be okay. Probably. Minerva's Sad Onion Peeler Solution. Say their regrets for tomorrow. Trapped in my own bones in Mr. Pedigree's candy factory, staring at a black skull, the name. Owen McCleary, repeating in my head over and over, and someone's coming through the door. Owen McCleary, get out of the office. Fitz floods my mind with white noise. Just enough to shut off the voice. The buzzing in my bones stops. I can move again. I get away quick enough, and I shoot under the smallest furniture I can see. The desk. I scramble under it and slip into the shadows on the other side, just as the door opens, spilling the faint light from the bulb above the door. And it's him. Somehow I knew it was him. The killer from the house. Scratch. Scratch. I can hear it immediately. He hunches into the room. Great top hat tuxedo. Head covered in bandages. A dead-eyed boy follows him. Same blank stare. Not saying anything. The black skull in the jar is quiet. The killer places his top hat on a stand. And the boy helps him with his coat. Scratching. Scratching all over. He unravels the bandages from his face. Removes his dress shirt. All I can hear is skin. Scratch. Scratch. Peeling. An itch that never stops. Deep. Pulls off section of dead skin. And it drops to the floor. Dead-eyed boy is pulling off skin and patches. It's too dark. I can't hear anything but scratch the ripping of dead skin. And the scratching's 
stops. And then, sniffing, he's smelling the air again. He smells me. I have to get out of here. I need a distraction. My voice thrower won't work in here. I have to make a run for it. There's only one door. There's just enough shadow left for me to make it from the desk to the door, and then a full tilt scramble up the pipes into the ceiling. It may be out the roof window. The dead eyes would be hard to escape. But that scratchy killer, he moves fast. He could catch me. Grab the book? Fitz is telling me to grab the ledger on the desk before I make a break for it. It's too heavy. It would weigh me down, Fitz. Two. The killer's on top of the desk. I have to move. I reach up. And I rip the last page of the ledger. And I skirt the light to the doorway. But he was quick. He throws his coat over me to smother me. I crawl and I fight my way out from under the material. And just escape his grip. The dead-eye boy unleashes a high-pitched scream. And they all start to repeat it. All of them raising the alarm, passing across the candy factory floor. I'm up into the piping. Up the ladders. The killer can't climb well. He limps on the stairs. I rush up the pipes to Fitz. I cram the torn page into my coat and out the window into the night. Lost into the roofs and the alleys. I duck into a thick shadow to catch my breath. That one was too close. I got cocky and almost got cinched. This one might be too big for me. I might need to bring in the DOC. Graham's told me not to go chasing down any lost causes. Stick to my orders. I need to find out more. Fitz slips into his usual inside pocket. Make my way uptown to the city's magic lantern. As I suspected, the light is on in the one basement window that faces the alley. Charity Suter has set up shop as the archivist for the lantern paper. Her window was always a bit loose and I slip in easy enough. Try not to surprise her too badly. She's happy to see me, offers me some tea. Enoch is still playing ghost in the background under a sheet. And I think about the subtle voce for just a moment. I politely decline the tea, no time for a chat. I cut to the chase, and I say the name, still a faint echo in my head. Can you tell me about Owen McCleary? Charity freezes. Her face drops like someone just ran over her favorite puppy. Charity makes me say it again, just to make sure it wasn't a mistake. Owen McCleary. She tells me the story. Owen was a failed inventor. Died in a freak accident during a stunt at Lanula Park over the pond. The silt at the bottom of Black Pond devoured his bones. Turned them black from the ink. Needle Street dredged up his remains when they were searching for Shiner's body. I saw those bones laid out on Daphne Wegg's slab. Figured he'd gotten a decent burial. 
Charity was a one-time resident of Mulberry, Edmund Green's mansion on Park Row. Somehow the bones ended up with some shady characters, and Edmund had purchased and displayed the bones of Owen McCleary as a twisted piece of art. Charity tells me about the sickness, tells me about the shakes and contortions when those bones were in that case of Mulberry. And then during a fight at dinner, she shattered the glass. She threw Owen's bones back into the black waters of Parvin Pond. That's the last she saw of them. But while she was there, she says she used to hear her name, a voice, faintly calling her towards the water. Charity doesn't ask me why I'm asking, and I don't tell her. I thank her for her time, take a tea after all, and head out into the dark towards Lanula Park. It's hot and muggy. Constable Hughes walks a lazy circle around the edge of the park. I avoid the mansions. Bridewell House, Lavendula, Mulberry, Halline House. Temperance is awake, a light on in her room. She's tying a bow around a large bouquet of long pink roses. I slowly walk around the edge and I find what I'm looking for. Near the water's edge, obscured by trees and shrubs, tracks in the mud. Signs of long poles, a discarded section of rope. Someone dragged the pond, pulled something from it. The echoes are still here. Footprints from dead-eyed children. Brittle teeth giving orders. She must have put the story together and pulled Owen McCleary from the black pond muck. But why? Why would brittle teeth need the bones of an inventor? Set fits on a log. I pace a bit. Why would she open a candy factory on the uptown edge of the river? I start a beef with the Duncan's unions. Why would brittle teeth need an inventor? Check my pocket, it tells me. The ledger page of the ledger I was able to snatch before my escape. It's from the last page. Just a tear of the last entry. Some numbers. And then, some kind of code. Line of stick figures. Dancing men in different positions. What does it mean? It's a cipher. I know it's a cipher, Fitz. But it's symbols. It's not a Caesar or a Playfair. Not a rail fence. No, I don't think it's semaphore. Fitz gets excited. At last, he says, a real puzzle.
Feeling trapped in the attic? And just as a parasite? Looking for a Lenny Penny? Come bask in the emerald green glow of a strange city lying below. Join our Patreon for Selena Cleverman, and Minerva might just let you pick her next solution. Join our Patreon, and no one will ever ask you for anything ever again. And again, 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 and again.